What is happening right now? <laughs> We're going to have to make an entire reel of Annie Sings. What? Oh. <laughs> that, that picked up, huh? Yeah, it did. Hey there, Internet. I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And this is Mac. And this is the Gem Gem, where we do an episode-by-episode recap of the 1980s cartoon Gem and the Holograms, because it is outrageous soap opera garbage, and that is exactly what we came here for. Uh, This episode is Starbright Part 2, Colliding Stars, uh, and as you can probably tell by the title, this is Part 2 of a three-part series of a plot where Gem and the Holograms uh, try and fail to complete a movie deal whose plot is baffling to all outsiders. But uh, when he left off, Gem and the Holograms had just quit the movie because the misfits were jerks. Eric Raymond is now the head of a, of a movie studio and also the director of this movie. We now have an issue with poor little Bonnie, the Vietnamese orphan. We have just found out that Bonnie has a, what did we call this? A degenerative eye condition. Yes, where in a matter of weeks, if not months, Bonnie will go blind. We pick up exactly where we left off. With Jerrica's beret, like, sitting on top of her head, but not in a way that a beret is supposed to sit. (laughs) It does not. It certainly does not. The animators may have heard of a beret, but I don't think they ever had one to model, so they're just sort of like, I don't know, it's like a floppy sock. We learned that there's an experimental laser surgery that can sometimes work. Very experimental, very expensive. $250,000. Which, as the group inflation expert here, I looked this up, and that equals about $596,000 in today's money. Holy jeez, move to Canada. Here's the thing. In a very experimental procedure like this, meaning that there is a there's a trial going on, generally in these situations, someone who volunteers to participate in this experimental trial, uh, they are either going to be fully compensated for it, fully paid, they're going to be paid to participate in this trial, or... They are going to have the have the, the experimental procedure available to them at a severely reduced rate. Neither of these things seem to be happening here. And one little side note before we move on to this to our next scene in the background of this of this uh, of this optometrist office, or I suppose at this point he might be an ophthalmologist. There is an eye chart. It has no letters on it. It is in fact a series of circles in a descending sides. This is a Japanese eye chart, actually. This is a Japanese eye chart they put in the background of this, the animators did. So one assumes that simply they said there's an eye chart in the background of the shot, or this is an optometrist office, and the Japanese animation team said, oh, okay, we should put an eye chart in there. Eye charts are the same everywhere, right? I mean, this thing doesn't even have any letters on it. Why would this eye chart thing not be universal? So they got it back, and there's a Japanese eye chart in this guy's office. John, my husband, uh, the same John who appeared with us on the uh, on the trailer episode, uh, he majored in Japanese in college. That's right, he majored in Weeaboo. Uh, so he's the one who pointed this out and seemed very satisfied with himself. So Jerrica brings this this news of the very experimental eye procedure back to the back to the Starlight Mansion, where we have Kimber. In her only instance of using outrageous in the proper context. 
That's an outrageous amount of money. That's correct. It is, Kimber. Aja's like, well, duh, why don't we just go get money from Starlight Music, that company that you won in a, you won in a verbal agreement battle of the band scenario. Jericho's like, oh, yeah. And then the company. The place is abandoned. Nobody's been paying the bills. At all. (laughs) All the furniture has been repossessed. Good job, Jerrica Benton. There's one employee. An Irish lady. And she's like, I tried to reach you until they shut off the phones. And it's like, has Mrs. Bailey not been taking messages? <laughs> like at Starlight Mansion? How have they not been able to reach her? I mean, I know I know, we don't have cell phones yet, but they have an answering machine in their house. Surely somebody passed a message along. Did, they, did she just keep getting Starlight Girls? She just kept getting Ashley over and over. <laughs> she was like, you don't know me, Jim sucks. And so Jerick is like, we'll fix this. Start cutting checks to take them to all of the people that we owe money to. And what, nobody's been paying the bills. What money is she talking about? But apparently it's all gone by the time they finally get all the furniture and potted plants and lights back. They probably could have gone without the potted plants. Like they probably could have saved a couple of bucks there. We have to finish the movie. We're broke, they say, in order to get money for Bonnie's operation. Shouldn't this company be filing for bankruptcy at this point? Uh, but on top of this, there's some very fine emotional manipulation from Jerrica here, where yeah. they're like, well, what are we going to have to do? We're going to have to, like, well, we can't go back to the movie. We're going to have to let Bonnie, we'll have to go let this, we have to let this happen. And Jerrica goes, who tells Bonnie she's going to be blind? She and looks around the room. And all the girls look uneasily at each other. And it's like, nice, nice social, emotional manipulation there, Jerrica. Good job. Yeah, good job. Jerrica goes back to essentially beg for their position in the movie back. Uh, it's interesting that Jerrica does this on behalf of the, on behalf of the holograms because she has been largely absent from any of these dealings with the, with the holograms and, uh, and this movie, which is kind of weird considering she's supposed to be like their manager. Eric says, yeah, fine, but you have to be my personal assistant. And she gets an awesome sweater vest for it too. I really like this outfit actually. This is one of the this is one of the Jerrica outfits they keep returning to, and I think she looks super cute in it. Pizzazz is initially mad as heck that they let the holograms come back. She actually throws things until which is in, in actually a scene transition that I really like. What about you guys? Yeah. I also just love Eric cowering as she throws things at <laughs> It starts with her shrieking. This is how we know it's gonna be a good scene. It's just Pizzazz shrieking like a pterodactyl. And Eric cowering. It's like, whatever is going to happen here, I am all about it. Unfortunately, the scene lasts like five seconds because all it does is say that, like, Pizzazz is like, now she's super on board because this means the holograms have to do whatever the misfits say. And so, like, they come back. The Teamsters are like, wow, she really is snooty and stuck up. I guess she was just doing this to be a drama queen. Whatevs. Until video is like, one of the Starlight girls desperately needs an up an eye operation to save her eyesight. And it's like, the line desperately needs an operation happens like five times in this episode and they keep repeating it verbatim. And it makes me so happy because desperately needs an operation is one of the most soapy keywords ever. <laughs> so Clash hears this and passes it along to the, to the misfits, right? Stormer is actually kind of cute. She's like, which, which little girl? Because Stormer actually cares. She thinks it might be Ashley. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The subtext there. It's adorable. In all incarnations, Stormer is the cutest. This is the part where we actually get to our our first song of the episode. And joy of all joys, it is a misfit song. Congratulations. 
It's another one of those, like, Roxy's Stormer shove their faces into the shot and say a word. And this is a song that I think they use at least once, if not twice more, throughout the series. Yeah. This is also another point of pizzazz trying to steal Rio from Jim slash Jerica for reasons unknown, because people love Rio in the show, and Rio in the show is insufferable. But this is also the best version of that. Yeah. Because pizzazz goes in in this music video for the Rio smooch, and before she does it, she just shoves him out of the shot. <laughs> just like both hands, just shove him away. <laughs> like, I want, I have him, I don't even want him. And after this music video, uh, we have Jeff the stunt double, who is still pretty sure he deserves Kimber's attention because he knows her name. So he's still like, hey, Kimber, Kimber, hey, Kimber. Kimber, Nick Van is a jerk. She's like, whatever. And then she just sort of walks past him. And he's like, excuse me while I go talk to the wall. <laughs> like, really? That just came out of your mouth? Are you this passive aggressive? Why would she ever give you the time of day? Eric setting up and uh, basically laying out the scene of what's going to happen. And the only reason I mention this is because uh, we're supposed to have Nick Mann go up and he's entranced by Jim, but then Pizzazz walks in and she's glorious and he goes over to kiss her. And after very, he kisses her very glamorous. Very glamorous. And after he kisses her, he turns and he walks away and he's like, disgusting or something. And Eric walks up to try and, like, comfort or talk to Pizzazz. And Pizzazz, in the whiniest voice ever, which delights me, goes, I want a soda. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And while this is happening... Rio comes in and he says more dumb things. Here's something that bothered me, right? I thought you had more pride. Like, this is after a bunch of, like, hologram shenanigans, too, with Jim and Jerrica. Mm -hmm. And in the first episode, we have Synergy making, like, Aja and Shayna and Kimber into Jim for a little while and Jerrica for a little while. Mm -hmm. So we've got Jim and Jerrica having to slip back and forth, and we can see in the background at least that mostly Shayna, Asia, and Kimber are mostly just kind of standing around at this point. Why doesn't Synergy or why doesn't one of them just pretend to be Jim slash Jerrica? Because that would make sense. I, I just wanna I just wanna I, I'm still sort of floored by Rio's like I thought you had more pride. It's like Rio, isn't being proud kind of your thing? Do you yes. really value that trait about yourself? Whatever the case, uh we have Clash messing up the uh Call, sh call sheets for the next day, and Jim and the holograms get them and find out that they're all called to different areas, and they don't know which one they actually have to go to, which starts the second music video, Show Me the Way, wherein we learn more about this movie that they're apparently in. They go through a bunch of different sets, which, are, which is where it seems like there's a bunch of different movies going on. Yeah, but the thing is, they don't act like these sets are out of the ordinary for their film that they're supposed to be in. I mean, are they supposed to be their, are, are, is this supposed to be their movie? I mean, they showed up late, though. I'm not sure these are, I think these are just different movies going on But the studio. Think, like, it, you know, you can't really put up stages and take them down, like, in under five seconds. So you'd think when they wander in and they kind of see this space film with guys shooting lasers at dinosaurs, they'd kind of think, oh, okay. Well, this is obviously not it. Let's just leave through the door rather than get right in the middle of it like they do. It's so it implies to me that at some point in the film, there might be space laser shooting dinosaurs. Um, judging by what we see in this episode, I think it's safe to assume that anything you see might, <laughs> that it could conceivably be part of the gem movie. Also, this song, you guys, I feel like this thing is totally forgettable except for the refrain. I am almost certain that there is a cameo of a G.I. Joe character at the very end in, like, the naval yeah. scene. I think Shipwreck's in there. 
And I mean, Christy Marks worked on G.I. Joe, so it might just be generic sailor, but he looks kind of like shipwreck to me. And in my heart of hearts, I want it to be real. So yeah, we go through, uh, what is it? It's like dinosaurs and lasers. There's a cowboy scene and there's, yeah, the warship at the end. Eric docks them a day's pay once they finally arrive at the correct soundstage and maybe rightfully show considering how many other movies that he is completely, yeah, they've completely buggered up shots on. Yeah, they've literally just destroyed, and they've destroyed some sets with, like, a table breaking at one point. Yeah. But then we move into pirates fighting? I don't know what movie this is. What is this, Indiana Pizzazz? I would watch that. They've got, like, a Temple of Dooms- Doom set, and everybody is in, like, Pirates of Penzance outfits. Yeah. And Rio is still in this movie. He punched the leading man. He should be so fired. Rio is a creep again because he approaches Jericho and says, Jim, is it worth my time? Which he's going to go back on in about five seconds. Let's not worry about that too much. And Jerrica gets super upset because he's insulting Jim, who is, of course, her other self. Yeah, he's like, I've decided Jim isn't worth my time. What? Jerrica has the best line here. Do me a favor. Don't come crying back to me when Jim does something you don't like. Does Rio think that Jerrica's aware that he's also dating Jim? Yeah, this is a weird thing here. I was talking about this the other night with like with with a friend. It's like his line. I've decided, Jer. I've decided, Jem isn't worth my time. What is the context of this? Is he like coming up to Jerica and announcing that he's no longer going to be romantically pursuing Jem, <laughs> telling her that he's going to be exclusively pursuing her now? Plus, the best part is that Rio ends it off by saying, "What did I say? She just told you what you said." Rio is the biggest jerk in these episodes, in particular. So from that. Uh, we go to Pizzazz being mad because Jim's in more scenes than her, to which Eric says, don't worry, relax, we'll cut them in editing, which is going to cut this film in half at this point. You're doing pretty big stunts and everything. You were blowing a lot of money on these scenes that you say you're going to cut. Okay, so there's a chasm. Jim's supposed to cross this chasm on big log, while apparently, I believe I caught the line, lava flow. Yeah. So there's supposed to be lava going on underneath this underneath this this chasm. First off, Nick Mann is like, I'll let Jeff do this scene for me. And it's like, he's your stunt double? That's what he's supposed to do. And Jem has no stunt double. But Eric basically double dog dares her to do it. <laughs> Not only that, he says that, oh, yeah, you can have the stunt double if you're too scared, but it's coming out of your pay. There's union regulations against that kind of thing. To add on to this, there's not a safety net, which, like, the cinematographer brings up, and he's like, I'm not filming without this, so Eric fires him, and he's going to film it, too. Because, you know, Eric Raymond knows how to operate a huge advanced video camera. So Jim goes to charge across it as they're all filming this, and uh, her high-heeled shoe breaks through the fake tree, and it's... And that thing is made out of papier-mâché. Yeah. And it starts falling, and she starts falling, and Rio leaps up and grabs a hold of a uh, vine and swings across and grabs her all Tarzan-style and lands on the other side. And then he declares his love for Jim and starts making out with her because he's totally done with her, Jerrica, he swears. <laughs> like like Jeff calls in, it's like, yeah, go Rio, you're a regular Errol Flynn. It's like, thanks for the, thanks for the incredibly dated callback there. That was dated when this show was made. And so we tried to sit down and, and look at this episode and figure out how high off the ground Jem has to be at this point. We think if the chasm was about 10 feet tall, which it seems to be because Eric stands right in the middle of it, and he's, and let's say generously, he's at least five feet. Jem, when she's dangling from it, should be conceivably no more than about three feet off the ground. If nothing else, she's within jumping distance of the ground. 
this thing pulls some, like, there is no perspective continuity in this shot because, like, sometimes she's dangling, sometimes she's right there. This thing doesn't make any sense. There are some perspective things that are wrong here. It's about as incongruent as the pit of souls in the Hercules Disney movie. And when he saves her, Jem's like, you're a regular Earl Flynn. Yes, a real-life swashbuckler. And Rio's like, only for you, Jem. <laughs> Smoochies. Smooches. Done with you. Video's been recording this whole thing. And when they notice this, Eric goes, that tape will ruin me. Which, allow me to quote Eric from last episode as, amazing what lawyers can do if you pay them enough. <laughs> How will that tape ruin Eric any more than any of the myriad terrible things that he's done? It's an excellent question. That is an excellent question. Clash doesn't care about questions, though. She goes into an editing room. And asks for a uh, and asks for a for a tape eraser for uh, like a magnet thing, which is hilarious because you kind of forget that that's a thing in in sort of our digital age. And uh, she speaks to the editor and she's like, "I need a I need a magnetic eraser." And he's like, "For which movie? The Misfits movie?" And he laughs and says, "Oh, that mess." But Clash snatches the thing from from him and just leaves with a nerd. <laughs> She calls him a nerd and leaves. And this may be the best scene in the episode. So Clash erases the tape, but it turns out Video has swapped the tapes for another one, so Clash erased the wrong tape. She recorded the whole accident. It's conveniently called Jem's accident. And she's going to give it to the unions until Jem says no. And uh, if I may, I, I have written this whole thing down. You were almost killed! It was, an, it was just an accident. And I thought you had brains. And I thought I wasn't worth your time. She storms off and Rio says, <laughs> women. Wow, Rio, did you really have to go there? Can we just, like, can we surgically remove Rio and just slot in comic Rio? <laughs> we now flash to Jerrica entering Bonnie's room and Bonnie goes, who's there? And then we briefly see Bonnie vision of her now degenerative eye condition where she sees only Jerrica, clear as day, surrounded by brown. Because that's how eyesight works. That's how eyesight works. I would say maybe it's a neurological condition, but they're planning to fix this with lasers, so... And, and so after she has sent Bonnie to bed, one of the other holograms is like, are you sure you want to go through with this? No amount of money is worth that risk. And Jerrica sees the opportunity, takes it, and says, but Bonnie is... <laughs> And now we come to the last scene. Where the movie, after having swashbucklers and a casino scene that was like super modern day, uh, now is like Mad Max style motorcycling. Down a ravine where there are explosions. So first off, we have a random fan who comes onto what I assume is a closed set, if not an actual location shoot, and asks for an autograph. From Nick. Man. And he's like, <laughs> and so the fan runs away, and Kimber's like, huh. As Kimber is, is, is rocked with this revelation that Nick Man may be a snob, we have our third song for no reason, which is a gem song called Love is Doing It to Me. Which is, uh, like super high tech and high, uh, sci fi, but it also includes Pegasus, and for some reason, Julian and Shane are making out. Yeah, uh, Shayna and Julian, as the one couple who is currently in good standing, they get to ride Pegasuses and fly f and f and uh, and frolic through a meadow. 
and Jem is paired up with Rio. Kimber is, by variation, paired up with like Jeff or Nick Mann. Uh, Shayna is paired up with with Anthony Julian, and the implication from Aja's little segment where she's got like the the lottery game with all the faces rolling up. The implication here is that Aja's got actually several men in rotation. Just you know, leave them in the car, crack the window, they'll be fine. I mean, aside from these weird incongruent visuals, the song is another one of those that's just completely forgettable. Yeah, I'm not even really clear what it is that Love is doing. <laughs> and, and after the song is over, we come to our our crescendo here in what is maybe one of my favorite sequences in the entire show. Jeff walks Kimber through the stunt. Uh, basically shows them, like, here's where the explosions are. We have a safe path through here. Uh, you know, if you want, maybe, maybe if the actor walks through exactly what's happening here, there won't be any murder or death or, or any panic. And then because he is actually talking to Kimber as an individual and not attempting to just sort of demand her attention, uh, they're actually sort of talk a little, and he's like, how about a kiss for luck? Which is a line that I'm pretty sure he stole from Link in the CDI Zelda games. And it works. She actually gives him a smooch. He actually puts his hand to his cheek where she, ki- where she kissed him, and he's like, hi. And that's when Roxy decides she also likes Jeff. Just out of nowhere. Yeah, she's like, let me give you a real kiss for luck. She sexually assaults him. She throws herself onto him and kisses him, and he pushes her away. And instead of saying, what the heck was that? Get off the set. Instead, he's like, I've got all the luck I need, which is like a Rio-esque delivery. So Roxy is rebuffed by this guy that she had no interest in about five seconds ago and decides that the only course of action is to try to kill Kimber. So uh, we have Clash go up behind the effects guy. Clash assembles loudly, so he gets distracted. And as Kimber's running along, Roxy sets off all the explosions. We see Kimber get jolted to the point that she probably lost her leg, and then she gets jolted again, so she slams hard against the ground. Everything is on fire again. She's on the ground. She looks up. Nick is there. She asks him to help her. He sort of stares at her and then just runs. Nick is the worst. He (laughs) runs, leaving her alone in an explosion while Jerrica is like, Kimber! So Kimber's got a doll. Maybe you should buy it, kids. You never know how long Kimber's going to be around. She's the younger sister. She's basically cannon fodder. Every every moment with Kimber is precious. She's the lyricist. She writes all the songs. She has a guitar. Will the guitar save her? Nothing can save her. <laughs> Buy our dolls. <laughs> Memento Mori. Buy our dolls. I love this show. It, so in, in true Gem and the Holograms fashion, everything is on fire. And that is where we leave you. Before we say goodbye, what, based on the information that we've been given in this episode, combined with the with a uh, with part one, Kit, what do you think the plot of this movie is? Help, like the plot of the movie. Help. We learn that Jim and the hologram don't think it's weird when they end up on sets, including a dinosaur being shot by lasers on the moon, a cowboy, or things involving uh, a ship going to war. Uh, there's a casino scene where Nick Mann has to uh, be in love with Jim, and uh, then he sees Pizzazz walk in, and she's glorious, gorgeous, she's outrageous. very beautiful, very, very elegant. beautiful, very elegant, and he wants to go over to her and make out with her instead in a casino. Mm-hmm. And we also have a bunch of uh, pirates fighting in a 
something, and then there's something about having to run over a ravine in a Pirates of Penzance sort of costumes, and there's lava below it. At the very end, there's a Mad Max style uh, dash through a bunch of explosions, leap onto a motorcycle drive off scene. So that's what we've added to our information about this film, along with our two pre-existing music videos from the from the first bit, and the understanding that our movie is called Starbright. Well, it's called Starbright, but the slate says Misfits Gem the movie. I checked. I also noted in one of the in one of the clappers that the casino is called Casino Scene Twenty Three. <laughs> Meaning, I believe, by the way, this is staged, that there are 22 other scenes in this casino, at least. <laughs> okay, okay, uh, we were talking about A Hard Day's Night last episode. I'd like to put forward the new theory, the chipmunk adventure. <laughs> I can see it. It's just the chipmunk adventure. <laughs> Mac, do you have any other theories as to what the plot of this movie is? I am completely lost. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Chipmunks Adventure. Okay. Because I like that one, and I really hope there are dolls full of diamonds, and I hope they're dolls of pizzazz. Kit? Uh, I'm going to go with my previous theory, um, the Beatles movie Help, with, like, the cult. Let's hope we actually get some clarity next time. I don't think it's likely. So, until next time, with this absurd movie. This has been the gym. <laughs> <laughs> are you Okay. <laughs> I'm just thinking about this movie. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I'm trying to maintain my composure, but I don't understand it. <laughs> no, I'm what is Eric's thing with Kimber? Why did she get her own scene with Nick? How much of this is going to be cut? <laughs> Why is Rio there? I don't know. Okay. Okay. Okay, guys. So, until next time, I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. Strangely enough, this has been the Gem Jam, where a bird in the hand is worth two in the outrageous.